Thanks again to everyone supporting us on the podcast through Patreon. Patreon allows our listeners an opportunity to contribute to the podcast and allow us to bring you great guests and content each week. Thank you to all of our patrons and a special shout out to Jonathan Lambert for being our largest donor. You too can become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash mentors, the number four M-I-L. This podcast is sponsored by Uncana, trusted natural solutions. Uncana is a leading voice of advocacy for CBD in the veteran LEO and federal communities. Veteran owned and operated, the Uncana team is actively fighting for DOD access to CBD with political pressure, community support, and a simple message. Hashtag OpNatural. Uncana is vertically integrated with industry leaders from seed to sell, supplying premium small batch products to America's best. Use code mentors the number four MIL at checkout at uncana.com to receive your amazing discount. Read the Mentors for Military disclaimer at mentorsformilitary.com slash disclaimer. Mentors for Military Podcast. George has history with us. I think George is probably on like episode, I don't know, six, eight, ten, somewhere in there. I lost count. I don't remember, George. It was somewhere it was, around there. I guess it was probably the very first, maybe not even year, probably the first six months he started. Yeah. It used to come on all the time. And then he uh, got a real job, got into... Uh, you know, all kinds of good stuff we can talk about here. Ultra running, uh, running softly, which you've probably heard a lot about. Uh, they uh, have a huge following out there, doing all kinds of cool things. And uh, Mike recently retired, former Navy SEAL, then went on to 160th as a pilot. Oh, and nice. has been with us, I guess, Mike, now like about three months, maybe? Four months, something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's now out there running his own business. So this topic, I think, is going to hit home for all of us because nice. I, think, I think you guys know I recently changed occupations myself. I was uh, running a, a company that was doing consulting work, primarily management, business consulting, working with C-level executives in for-profit, non-profit companies, trying to help them. And I got a telephone call basically from Tom and Jen Satterley, who asked me to come and take over their nonprofit, All Secure Foundation. So, George, you know, when you started talking with me, it's like, you know, hey, what have you been up to? It's like running and gunning. Mike, you probably still feel the same way, just separating from the military. Uh, I will tell you, there's a lot of things. I'm like, gosh, I kind of miss socialism and getting a check and and stuff like that. But uh, I have not stopped running, I think, since the minute I retired. Well, that's what I kind of figured, because I haven't seen you on social media. No, we moved here to Indiana. I got here at like three in the morning, I think. And by six in the morning, I was in the airplane and I haven't gotten out of the airplane since June 14th or 13th, whenever that was. So like probably 10 hours, 12 hours a day, I get up at five in the morning. I get home about 10, 11 o'clock at night, seven days a week. So that's like what being a farmer is like, I guess. Yeah. Waking up with the sun and going to sleep with the sun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty romantic for like the first two weeks, and then it's not like the books at all. 
Uh, that's that's pretty much all of us. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in episodes that George and I did where I kept saying, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. I got to get on that. I got to start taking better uh, care of myself. I got to start exercising more because George makes me feel bad with all he does with his ultra marathon running, at, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles. And he makes me tired just looking at his photos half the time. It is a lot different. We're in two different time frames right now for where we're at. I honestly... I, I think when I'm going to become, and again, this is not a knock on your age, but when I get to where you're at, okay. your wisdom. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Usually when um, you lead off with something like that, it's going to get really bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. I no, can take it. I would hope to continue to be working the same way as you are. You know, well, well, I'm not freaking 90-something years old here, George. Jeez, I got a long damn ways ahead of me. When you start going through life and everything and you start dealing with all your physical ailments start catching up at some certain point. I mean, gravity starts taking over with everybody. But somewhere around 40 years old, shit starts catching up with you with all that stupid stuff you did early on in life. So that's kind of where I am, you know. I haven't haven't had that chance yet. I'm hoping not to have that happen. It's... You know how it comes from coming from the soft community? You have the old dudes that are master guns, or you got guys that are E9s who are just fucking crushing it still while they're still in here. Like, how are you still doing that? And they're like, I don't feel pain. And you're like, cool. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I just came from there. I'm that level. <laughs> I felt pain all the time. I just buried it easier. I hated running since I was 18. It never got any better. So I think one of the things you never have to worry about me engaging in is ultra marathons. If there were to be one physical activity, you could say, You'll never, ever see me participate in. It's probably that. Some people just don't have the desire to do it. That's realistically the truth. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. At one point in my life, I really started running a lot. And um, it was good. But then, like, once I took a break and I tried to get back into it, I found cardio was the hardest thing to get back into, whereas the other aspects of physical fitness, you know, whether it's lifting weights or doing whatever, those types of things came easier to me. I love cycling. I love swimming. I just hate running. I don't know what it is. It's literally just that act in the best running shape of my whole life. I still thought this sucks. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm, you know, every time I it's run, running is running is running is hard, bro. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you, Michael. Running is fucking hard. I was, <laughs> I've been 200 pounds since I was 15. You know, I mean, yeah. Clydesdales just aren't built like that. I'm yeah, no Goggins. Wait. Let's put it that way. Oh boy! Don't even give us- <laughs> God damn That's you! A whole other episode. Huh? <laughs> hey, are we re- are we recording, Robert? Uh, we've been recording. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, we'll great. have the, we'll have the after talk then. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always the best, George. Those are You're the, the best. best. Oh, but no, I I was I was telling this to the late to the to the wife the other day. We just, we were like. I got out running. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. It was like one of the hottest weeks while out here in SoCal. And that doesn't happen a lot, especially recently. It's been raining all the fucking time. And it was like 90 degrees up in San Marcos. And I hit this trail up in double peak, like at one o'clock PM, like went out and put an eight mile run down halfway through the run. I'm like, man, this is hard. This sucks. Like, why do I enjoy running? Like, it's stupid. Like I'm sweating my ass off. I'm I'm soaked. Like I just got done swimming. Um, only have 20 ounces of water on me for an eight mile run that I wasn't expecting to be so hot. This is fucking hard. Like I get it now why running sucks. Cause it is really fucking hard. That's like, I'll be honest. It, it, it like after running hundred mile races and 50 mile races and doing all that stuff, like it's fucking hard. And when then people tell me like, Oh, it's not hard. I'm like, you're fucking, you're, you're a liar. Cause you know, it truly is. Well, it, at least if you're swimming and you quit, you just got to get out of the pool. I mean, if you're halfway through your eight mile run, you're out in the middle of Temecula somewhere, you know, I mean, you got to, you still got to walk back. Yeah, 
exactly. Or you can and just... then that takes forever, so you might as well just fucking run all the way back. Yeah. Or find you a nice uh, winery along the way. Then you're good to go. There you go. See? There you... I, I think this is really good, though, because a lot of people listening to this episode are going to be going, okay, that's me. I, I feel like a lot of times I'm just going all the time. I never have the opportunity, whether it's to, to do the kind of workouts I want to do. And if you're in the military, you might be doing you know, PT in the morning with the, the troops and everything, but yet you can't do the style of workouts that you want to do. Or you've got something that you want to do career choice-wise that the military is one aspect of it, but you want to start running your own business or doing those types of things. And so you're working till you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, whether it's working out, whether it's uh, working a second job, whatever the case may be, and you find yourself running ragged, you know, because you're going too hard. And at some point, that's going to catch up with you. You you know what, though? Having just gotten out and gotten a real job, um, ironically, in the soft community, and George has got probably the exact same story as there are ebb and flows throughout my 30-year career, most amazing Olympic, you know, quality of fitness all the way down to, you know, depending on where we were in a cycle, the most slovenly fat, nothing but hot pockets and coffee for months at a time, you, you know, and there's times, you know, you look in the mirror, I'm like, God, I can't even wear a trident out in public because I can't let anybody see me like this. And it's not that you're being a slug. It's just the demands of life at that time. When you're in a particular cycle, you know, it's all you can do is drag yourself to work and back. But, and those are like the lows. Um, but I realize now that I'm, I'm nearing 50 and you'll see George, but, uh, you know, the whole functional fitness thing, whatever you do, run, bike, swim, lift, CrossFit, whatever. But, um, I have found out that, one, you have to make it a habit. And two, um, it does far more for me personally. Even if it's like a half hour of the morning, it does, or in the evening at 10 o'clock or whatever, just push ups and sit ups, it does far more for me mentally than it really does physically. I mean, as you get older, I think you probably realize that, you know, you just can't I have, stop. I have to agree with that, dude. That's actually something that it, even I'm, I'm 31 years old. So you guys are you, you turd. Yeah, turd. fucking super young. <laughs> but being honest, <laughs> to be straight up, I got T-shirts and soft that are older than you. Jesus, there are jokes. jokes. Sorry, jokes. go ahead. Go I, ahead, I, George. It's funny, I miss it, so you can continue doing it, Mike. <laughs> What's funny is I actually live that lifestyle now, dude. It's um, yes, I do like to run long distances, but at the same time, though, I enjoy fucking swimming. I love biking. I love climbing. I love lifting weights. I love doing the the high intensity stuff. But it's again the ebbs and flows and fitting it in where it needs to be fitted in, right? Like, for instance, I just had an eight-week period of, you know, getting ready to have a newborn come, prepping for that newborn's here now, now I'm out of this, out of this holding pattern. And during that, like, eight-week period, it was kind of like, all right, cool, I'm going to swim, run, bike, lift weights, do what I feel like enjoying, and just kind of doing that and using the training as a mental refresher from everything going on. And, and it's kind of coming out of that, you know, that life event as we're going up, like, Mike said, talked about the the ebbs and flows of life. It's just that that low is just a life event, right? And when you talk about like, I can't even wear my shirt because I weigh this much and because of life. And it's, it's realistic the same way. And guys who are operating today still go through those ebbs and flows as operators who are also like, man, I can't train at all because I'm eating fucking donuts mm-hmm. and I'm eating and I'm drinking coffee 24 seven and I haven't even looked at water because I got to keep myself awake. You're right. How do I live through that and how do I continue doing that? And just doing 30 minutes of push-ups, sit-ups, and air squats or whatever else does a lot for us compared to just trying to get into the gym for an hour to 90 minutes at the times. That's kind of – it's. I think that's more beneficial than trying to get a regimen of training. You know, Like you said, have a habit. Well, everyone knows – most guys that are athletes also know that if you start – it's a cycle. 
once you start working hard, whatever you do on a workup or cycle or something like that, and you start getting sleepy. So the very first thing you do is, all right, well, I'm going to skip a workout. And that becomes two days, three days a week. And then when you start doing that, you're like, all right, I'm going to stop eating whole foods. And then I'm going to get McDonald's on the way in, like you said, that cycle. And so, you know, when you're tired, all you want to do is eat crap, whatever. I'm sure that could be a scientific explanation, but whatever it is, when I'm tired, I crave McDonald's and donuts and everything in between, you know, but, uh, and then you just become this slovenly pig. And so, you know, you get to this point for whatever, several months through a deployment or a workup or something like that. And then I found how many ever times I've gone through it, there is nothing more demoralizing. Like you actually want to just go in a closet and hide is when you try and go back after that and work out because in your mind, you're still the same stud you were three or four months ago. And you try and do a couple pull-ups and push-ups and you're like, I am absolutely pathetic. I mean, if there's ever, you know, you talk about the hardest stuff you ever did. There's every time you want to just go sit on the couch and take a nap, like that is it. There's probably nothing more demoralizing than coming back after being a stud and remembering. But it was recent enough, you remember what it feels like, you know, and then you can't even make it through 50 push-ups or something like that. And you're like, I suck. I totally suck. <laughs> I must be the only one who ever goes through that. No, you're not at all. It, it's I laugh because I, I I agree with you. I can't say anything else. It happens. It happens to me. It's the same thing. It's like, man, I remember when I used to be able to snatch and clean and jerk this much weight, and it's like now I can't. Or it's like, oh, I feel like I can go back and put that bar the weight on that bar, and it's like I go and lift and I can barely lift off the floor. You're like, man, that was different. Or like you said, coming from a workup, it's it's one of those things. You go into that workup in shape. Literally, you go into that workup in shape and you come out of that deployment out of shape, thinking that you're a certain position. And all of a sudden you're like, nope, now I'm going to take another seven months to get me back to where I was at right before that deployment <laughs> again. So I have to agree with you on that, dude. That's why I was just laughing. The same thing kind of applies for just everyday life. I mean, we run through these different cycles where all of a sudden we're like really pushing ourselves hard. Um, we get to a point where things start getting really relaxed. And if we don't stay on top of ourselves, then it's harder for us to get back into a cycle, whether that means that you've got a change in occupation, you've changed out of one career field to another, you've done something you know entirely different, like transition out of the military. You've got to then start rebuilding it back up again. There's those periods like I'm going through where you're going to be pushing yourself really hard, you're going to have these periods where you're not going to be able to to work out and not going to be able to do the things that you want to do. And when you come back, you've got to get back into that cycle. So what can you do while you're gone? Like you were saying, you can do small exercises. You can do things that keeps you healthy and fit, you know, that doesn't require a lot of time, energy, effort or whatever, but helps you maintain at least until you get back to that steady state. Well, I think managing your routine. So here's what I found since my routine has completely been upended in the last month or so since I retired and moved and started a new job all in the same like week span is if you don't have your routine, it goes out the window, Every, especially in the military. That's what we do. I mean, we live and die by a routine. So once that routine is upended, I mean, I found, you know, you have to whatever you need to do to create those boundaries, those those bowling ball bumpers you know on both sides to kind of keep you going because anyway it doesn't work that's why that's why the road for anybody i don't care if you're a businessman you know traveling sales whatever you do conventions that's why it's so hard for those kind of people to have any sort of fitness regiment because you're in a different city different hotel different fitness center i mean those of us that are religious about going to any sort of fitness gym whatever i mean i get kind of weirded out when i go to some other gym because it takes me two days just to kind of figure out what weights i like and the equipment and I mean, we are such creatures of routine that, uh, and the older you get, the harder, you know, the harder it is for you to, to flex that. And I know some people are, there's freaks out there who 
go in the middle of a forest and they pick up two logs and all of a sudden make a bench press and weird stuff like that. You know, I, I'm not one of those guys. I kind of need some refinement. Maybe I was that way when I was younger, but I don't know. I thrive on routine. I'm sure most other guys do too, but that's why I tell guys find, find your routine wherever you go, set up your toothbrush and lay your clothes out. Or, you know, you're going to your hotel room and go find your running trail or whatever you're going to do. You know, it's crazy. Cause I, I've been having this conversation like, a lot recently in terms of just with different individuals, especially with athletes that I do help coach on soft lead or just individual, my, my individual athletes. And the reason it's what I've come down to and actually is like a skill set. Like we have to develop that skill set of building a routine whenever we do get out of the routine. That's literally what it comes down to, right? And it's like, how do I, knowing this, right? For instance, like you just got out of the military, you retired. I've been out now going on for four years and I've had to really learn how to create different routines for different situations that approached me in my life. Again, I had to figure those things out and I had to make sure that life was life whenever that happens was able to do it. And what I ended up finding out and realizing is like I had an, I needed two things specific for routine that kept me going no matter what. No matter what the transition was. And I've had to figure that out through multiple transitions since the military because I tell you what like as much as the military wants to say that they're training you to be ready for whatever, they really don't tell you they really don't train you enough for how to adapt to new situations and routines, right? Like, like you said, we're creatures of habit. Like, we know this is how it works. This is what you're supposed to do. This is an SOP. This is how it happens. But all of a sudden, though, they don't also don't teach you how to transfer those skills into another skill whenever a routine does change. And I think now with the way society is today in terms of social media, everyone wants to use their phones. They want to do all these things. People start talking about losing time <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's just like, cool. It's like, well, whatever your priority is, that's the time that you're going to put towards it. And if you don't have the right priorities set up for yourself during a routine or during a transition, you know, or understand like, hey, these two things are a priority to me. I need to get it done and setting those as expectations to everyone thing around you and person around you. I do believe it is possible to actually maintain a specific routine for yourself that you are talking about, Michael. You know, like you said, like we are, we are creatures of habit. We are really, but we have to develop the skill to go ahead and manipulate those 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 different routines in different situations to keep us moving forward at least that's for myself in terms of where i've come from you know especially since i've gotten out to where i am today of being able to manage a lot of the stuff so i guess you can say how about this george how about we're not talking to one of our peer soft brethren how about somebody who's you know in the business world or corporate world and like i want to start we'll just use fitness as a one thing but they're not out of shape, but they're on the road all the time. They get, you know, probably worse schedules than we do. They don't just jump into running five miles or, you know, doing full CrossFit workouts or, or whatever. Like, what do you, what do you suggest? Because you have to start small and if you bite off more than you could chew, then it's just demoralizing. So what, what do you have for those guys? Honestly, it, m- most hotel gyms have a, have a treadmill. Most people have access to a road. Most people access to trails. Most people can carry around running shoes, right, and a pair of shorts. And the simplest way to do that is, and I've told this, and, and this is going into the cardio aspect or the aerobic system aspect without trying to get too scientific behind it, but just doing 30 minutes of steady state conditioning work, aerobic work at lower efforts, cons- i.e., like let's say you have two back-to-back speaking engagements that you're doing Friday and Saturday night. You after you're done with them, you go out to have dinner with everyone. You have drinks because that's literally what happens, right? Like that's that's a legit thing. Whenever we have those those happen, you end up staying up till two or three o'clock in the morning. Damn peer pressure. Talking. Yeah, yeah, networking, doing all those things. That's real life. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, sleep, sleep four to five hours, six hours. Okay, cool. Most of the time, people will wake up and feel completely lethargic. 
hey, walk your happy self down to the hotel gym and jump on the bike for 30 minutes at an easy state. Put your phone up. Do whatever you want to do. Just do that. Right. And just make that a routine for yourself, because I guarantee you that's going to help you out better than you going back down to the fucking to the breakfast area or the bar and asking for an alcohol beverage to like get you out of whatever position you are in. Instead, make that 30 minutes a priority to go like, cool, before I get my alcohol beverage, I'm going to go sit on the bike or walk or run for 30 minutes and get back into it. And granted, let's say they can't run. Cool. You got the bike. You can swim. They want to lift weights. It's, there's enough information and resource out there to help individuals in that to really make them move forward. And this, I hope that answers your question, Michael. I don't know if it did or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you just reminded me, George. I had a uh, – it was like years and years ago. We were in, I think, Kuala Lumpur in the SEAL platoon. And the hotel we were in – and I'm going somewhere with this. They had this, like, tiny little egg-shaped pool. I don't know what it was. Maybe, like, 30 feet across. Like, it was a small pool. It wasn't a big pool. And I came back from town, and one of my guys was swimming laps in it. You know, and it took like a full three seconds or four seconds to hit each wall. And I'm like, dude, what, are you, what the hell are you doing? I said, why would you bother swimming laps in there? And he goes, he goes, well, it's better than not swimming. You know, so I always thought of that, that, uh, you know, if you're only going to run a mile, you're used to running 10, but you only can do a mile because that's all you got. I'm like, well, that's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. And that's I mean, kind of where I was going with that, dude, is kind of one of those things is like it's better to do something to, one, get you moving and be like, OK, I feel like I did some kind of physical effort. Now I can go ahead and go back to whatever I have. And then the psychological effects you have from it, like we can get into all that down the road or whatever else. But we do see those things happen. And it's fucking huge for individuals to do that. I have to credit my wife for this. And it's not because she's sitting next to me here. But uh, I was at a low whenever it was a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago. And she saw something on the internet. She's like, you know, I saw this hundred push up a day challenge. I'm like, that's stupid. You know, whatever. I just started getting back in shape after, you know, after a, a low period. And uh, she's like, well, just do it with me, dude. Do a hundred push ups a day. And like, so I read it. And it was, you know, it was, the premise was it doesn't matter if it takes you all day long and you do sets of two. But you do 100 push-ups a day, and I'll be darned, probably, and it was just do it for a month. Do 100 push-ups a day for a month. Uh, no kidding. And I, I, It wasn't that low. I was actually in pretty decent shape, but I'm like, well, I'll do it. So it started out, yeah, doing sets of 20, and, you know, and anyway, by the end of the month, now you're doing 100 and, you know, two sets of 50 or whatever. And then I, I'm like, well, I'll take this out for a second month. So at the end of it, you know, then I'm doing a weight vest of sets of 75 or 80 or whatever it was. But that little concept completely you know, changed like an upper body fitness regimen. It wasn't anything I would have thought of, but it literally started out with like sets of five or 10. And so I tell people that I'm like, well, it worked and anybody could do it. I don't care if you can only do one push up, but if you do it a hundred times, you're going to do a hundred pushups in a day. Yeah. And yeah. And that's the thing is I, I'm going to school for sports psychology right now. I'm getting my bachelor's in it. And one thing that we're talking about right now in terms of behavior, um, is that right? Is implementing very small changes into someone's routine or lifestyle to go ahead and give them something to work towards is actually something that, you know, we is and we see it every day, right? That's easy to do, but people don't make the time for it, as I said before. But implementing, hey, do 100 pushups in one day. You have 24 hours to do your 100 pushups. Cool. You know, you can set up ex, uh, expectations and be like, cool, every time I watch a Netflix show or whatever else and I break or if I'm, you know, doing something on the computer every 45 minutes, I get down and I do 20 pushups. It sets you up. And and, and it, it's it's not taking away from what you're doing or anything else like that. It's literally just implementing it into the into the margin of downtime that you created for yourself to go ahead and move forward. And that's all you that's that's how I look at that. Right. It's like, cool. You don't want to don't do 100 pushups, do 100 air squats a day. You can do that. I had a buddy who got into endurance by doing 
uh, an hour on the Concept 2 bike for 30 days straight. For 30 days straight. And all he did, there was no time. He was like, hey, just get it done under 60 minutes every single time, but you have to do this. And he did it every single day all the way across, and it was that easy, right? He did it for 30 days, and now he's in instant endurance sports. What you're talking about, though, too, though, is just now creating what I hear from both of you is adapting, obviously, and also establishing some kind of routine and changing it up every once in a while based on your environment. So, like, uh, you're in your office and you're supposed to move around, I think what they say, what, every 15, 30 minutes if you're in an office environment. Well, get up, do some air squats, do something that actually gets the blood circulating, you know, do something that... Um, you know, if, whether it's walking down the hallway and getting the stairwell instead of taking the elevator, go down two flights of stairs, go back up the two flights of stairs. And maybe you make a habit of doing that three times a day, four times a day, five times a day until you start building up the same type of endurance. But you're using what's around you in your environment, in your space, taking advantage of it and and using those in a way where you can establish a different type of routine to still get what you need to get in. But again, this this goes across so many different things outside of just physicality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're we're using sports and athletics because it's easy. It's kind of the language we speak, but uh, it's applicable to any any discipline or anything that you want to turn into a discipline. Studying, schoolwork, whatever, earning your degree at night. I mean, what, whatever. I guess the the whole premise of this podcast was being able to sandwich things in where there's not room for them, right? Yeah. This just happens to be what George and I are using as a as an example. But you know, insert whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in time that you don't think you have for it. Yeah, I what I've had to find out for myself is actually compartmentalizing like my day. So, hey, I allow this many hours to this specific task, this many hours, to this specific task, this many hours to that specific task. And those things are the priority. And then everything else around there gets fitted in and it is, is the simplest way I can put that. Right. It's like, cool. I got five hours of work for, you know, for Softlead. I have to do two hours of schoolwork today. I have to do this. And then, I, oh, I have another three hours of work for Softlead. I got to do here. All these other things. Oh, and then I also have to run for an hour. Or I have to train, do this, or I got to take care of the, the baby or whatever else. And it's like, all right, these are a priority. Everything else comes after that. Once I get those things as a priority done, I can go and implement it, those things within the margins that we keep talking about. And again, being flexible, I think the problem is that we're way too hard on ourselves when we don't adhere to a plan. Let's just be honest. If you don't stick to a plan that's on the on the whiteboard or in your phone or whatever else, your whole day's fucking lost. And that's the truth. Everyone's all of a sudden. And, Unfortunately, social media and society, we are now a, a lot weaker than we should have been, right? Like one change in our environment, we break. And it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, no, don't don't worry about it. Like, cool, if you got your priority stuff done, you're golden. Everything else comes extra in there. And I think that's, that is a, a good way to look at it in terms of like how to fit things within the margin is, is one of those things. Everyone knows that they have, some people work an eight to five job. That's a mandatory priority to go ahead and keep a roof over our head, right? Cool. Everything after that is extra, and it's like, well, okay, cool. What's the second priority? Well, yeah, and before, right? Like, however you want to look at it, but it's one of those things in terms of like compartmentalizing your day so that you can fit everything within it and making it a priority. That means you want to train if you want to work out two hours a day, and you know you got to be at work at eight eight a.m. You can't do it in the evening time, right? Can't do it in the evening time, so that means you got to wake up at five five o'clock, be in the gym by four, five thirty, train till seven thirty, and then drive to work again. Get up, get up with Jocko at four. Yeah, get up with Jocko at four if you like. Yeah, how about mentors for military? Why Jocko? <laughs> Why? I, I like because, you already, Mike. Because, because none of us gets up at four, Robert. 
I think that's exactly what most people do, and especially for people who are in the military, like me, I, I can't work out in the evenings. I don't know what it is. I just don't do well. I can do a cardio, like go for a walk or something of that nature and enjoy doing that. But I do so much better working out early in the morning. And so what I would do even on the road, to your point, Mike, is I would, first thing I do is when I'd go to a, a client's uh, uh, location is try to scout out the local gyms that are within the area that'll allow me to go in there and at least do a free thing. Now, to your point, it's hard because you got to try to find your machines and whatever, but there's always, in most of these gyms, free weights and a bench that you can do at least some level of workout and you can get on a, uh, a machine and do cardio if you wanted to at the same token. Um, and then you just feel better. Like you said, then you go and, um, go, go off to work, take a shower, go off to work and everything. I used to actually commute an hour, no, an hour and a, it was almost an hour and a half one way to one work that I used to go to. And I actually woke up like 15, 20 minutes early or something and left the house and worked out in the gym where I was going to work at in a gym local uh, to that area. I actually got to work earlier and I didn't feel stressed and the whole bit. And all I did was shifted my routine closest to the workplace. So do you do, you do CrossFit at all, George? Uh, I used to, not no more. So I'm not going to get on this bandwagon, except for the point of I actually have my own home gym. I mean, I do core fitness stuff, so I, I'm not waving the CrossFit banner. However, the, and they laugh at me, but when I'm on the road a lot, what's really great is if you're not going to run – the cool thing is I was always on the road. And so whenever I would land somewhere, I would just whatever, Google Washington, D.C., you know, Pentagon CrossFit or wherever it was, Boise, Idaho CrossFit. And the great thing about something like that, if you can find something like that, is you don't even have to be good at it. You could suck. You don't have to do a pull-up. But they've got a schedule. I'm sure, you know, Orange Theory, whatever you're going to do. But they've got a schedule on there. You just walk in. You don't have to know anybody. You pay your 25 bucks, and somebody just beats the hell out of you for an hour. You don't even have to think about it. They already have it on the board. They tell you what to do. Yeah. So talk talk about a brainless, you know. Um, and actually, I'll tell you, I've been to them all over the country, and I am not like a huge CrossFitter, meaning I can't do all their movements. You know, a guy looked at me, how many muscle ups are you going to do? I'm like, I can't do any, man. Like, that's not my thing. I just want to get beat up for an hour, so I felt like I did something. So, but the premise of just being able to go anywhere and just pop in, you don't even know anybody, and have someone, basically a personal trainer, put you through the ringer for an hour. I mean, if you're on the road and you're just looking for a fitness thing, that is the way to go. That I, I mean, that I have found if you're not going to just get on the road and run like George does. No, hundred percent, dude. I, I have to agree with you on that. I've, I've owned a CrossFit gym before I sold it. Um, and, and it's one of those things where it's, it is, it's huge, right? Be able to just get off an airplane and figure out where you want to go. And it goes the same thing with the orange theories, the 24 hour fitnesses, the, the F 45s that are out now. Have you heard of those oh, gyms yeah. yet? The F yeah. Yeah, the F45 is just like a functional fitness class that is not using much barbells. It's all dumbbell work and body weight and battle ropes. And it's you can say it's a step below CrossFit. It's only a 45 minute high intensity session. It's it's that's what it is. And they're all over the United States. Same thing with CrossFit. They're all over the world for that matter. Oh, they go all, yeah, yeah, all over the world. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of one of those things where <laughs> We keep talking about like making things a priority to fit within the margins so you can live a prosperous life and have a quality of high quality of life. It really is simple. It is simple as hell. It's just coming down to being able to have the effort to put effort put into it. That's literally what it is. I think we've talked about this on a couple of early episodes too, George, about just the whole prioritization. I mean, how many times have we talked about how social media, our phones, and the way we choose to live our lifestyles are causing us less sleep? Are you getting too much white um, 
the white light or whatever before we're going to bed. We're not allowing our brain really to recharge and slow down and and uh, take it in so that you can really enjoy your you know six hours, eight hours of sleep. And I think a lot of studies now are coming out more about how important it is to get eight hours of sleep, you know, minimum. And some people say, no, I thrive more on, say, five, six hours of sleep. But your body needs as much rest, and especially when you're working out, it's all about rest and food intake, more importantly than it is even the workout, you know? And so it's the same thing, I think, in our bodies and our cycle of trying to live within the margins. You got to make sure you're taking care of yourself and applying your priorities to the right areas. And that's kind of what you were talking about earlier. Well, self-care is huge. Let's be honest, right? Like that's that's one thing. And, and I like using that word self-care because I, th- I think it's a word that's not used a lot, like mental health, mental awareness, all these other words that are being used because words are hard and people overuse them. But self-care is important to us. And, and again, it goes back to like what is a priority to you in terms of self-care, right? I know for me that I need to at least get and get in at least 30 minutes of some kind of physical activity every single day. I know that I need to go and start my day with a cold shower every single day. Those are things I do already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Michael looking yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. It's, hell? it's something that it just wakes me up. Like I know that a cold shower in the morning into a warm shower wakes me up in the morning. It gets me going. It gets my, my brain clear. I'm ready to rock and roll. From there, I'm ready to take on the day. Like, I thought it was like you're supposed to go to the hot shower, then all of a sudden the last 30 seconds turn it cold. That's not what you're supposed to do? No, I, I mean – People can do whatever they want, I, and there's 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 different ways on how to do it. Yeah. I just enjoy going cold shower first into warm, um, because it does wake you up, come out of the sleep and everything else like that. So it just wakes me up. But that's something that I enjoy doing. It works for me and it keeps me moving forward. Yeah. Now everything else after that is extra. If I have the time to get in a yoga session, if I have time to meditate, if I have time to you know read a book in the morning before you know me going straight into my day, I will. But I know that I need a I know that my mornings need a cold shower into a warm shower to get me moving. And that is it. And it can be as simple as that, right? Like it's simple as that. Um, and I, I like the part that you brought that up. You know, you're talking about we're so busy. One thing that I took from the military, and, and this is something I really enjoy, was the back planning. Back plan your day. Back planning is probably one of the most simplest things you can do to go ahead and set you up for success, right? We talk about planning and all that good stuff, but back planning. It's easy. It's something that I've learned. How, I actually had to relearn how to do that last year. And right. ever since I've had to relearn how to do it, it's made things a lot easier. Share it for those who might not be familiar with what that is. Because some might be listening to this and going, okay, now what am I going to do? I have to do Google this thing? So what is back planning? So for me, the way I back plan is go ahead and, and I take my day. I take sleep. What time do I want to go to bed for the day? If I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock, then I know that an hour before that I need to go ahead and start down regulating. If that means that I have a routine to do that, I do. If some people don't have to, but I go ahead and back plan. Okay, cool. I need to be, I want to make sure that I'm shutting down by 9 p.m. And then I back plan from there. Okay, cool. From six to eight is, or nine is family time, right? Block that out. And then from there, from six to three, it's my time. I can go train. I can do whatever I want to do. If I got to go pick the kids up or anything else like that, that is what I get to do. If I don't got to pick the kids up, I don't. And then from three all the way until noon, okay, cool. Specific work hours. All right, cool. From noon to this, all I'm doing is back planning my day to make it happen. And and again, I'm just adjusting what I need to do my day. And again, can you play around with those squares and put them other places? Of course you can. Yeah. You know, but all you're doing is back planning from a specific task that you're reaching is kind of the way I like to look at that. And, yeah. you know, 
And, and this shouldn't, I mean, a lot of people out there are actually doing the meal prep stuff, you know, where they're trying to plan out the whole week. I mean, hell, you could sit down if you already know what your week's going to consist of, do back planning either of that or plan ahead, but just make a damn plan, I think is what you're also trying to say as well, right? Yeah, I, I've tried the whole week, the whole head week uh, back planning thing, and it doesn't work. I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's fucking so way you- too many days. <laughs> Way too many days. So you wake up that morning, just that morning, or that day, or what you plan on doing the next 24 hours, I guess. Yeah, so, you know, like, even the night prior, you know what I'm saying? Like, take the next, during that work hour, and be like, hey, plan your next day out. Like, you know already what's coming up, make adjustments. You know, like. Yeah, this is like ultra military, and people outside of our community kind of laugh, but you're right. If you just plan the next day, because the routines and the schedule that George is talking about, it doesn't happen without prep. Like you have to do prep. So like I said, if you're, if you work out at home or what you're going to do, you only have 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And then you got to be out the door at 6.30 or something like that. Just for an example, you don't have time to pack your lunch, make your coffee, lay out your clothes, like all that stuff. And I have found that I can plan my days like that. But you have to do some prep to make it happen or else that time that you've set aside for whatever activity it gets eaten up and chipped away at by all the little ancillary tasks of prepping for work or, you know, I can't find my razor. Or I ran out of shaving cream or, you know, it sounds ultra anal. But if you're that tight on time, it takes preparation. You don't have time to go make yourself your, you know, steel cut oatmeal and blueberries or whatever it is that you eat in the morning. You grab a Hot Pocket, you know, or you grab a pancake out of the freezer or something. Um, and that's how, you know, the whole plans fall apart is not taking the time to prep. So, I mean, I still do it now. If I get home at midnight, I at least take 15 minutes, prep the coffee maker, eat mine or my wife lays out what I'm going to wear the next day, you know? And so that's 20 <laughs> <Yes>. minutes. <laughs> that's 20 minutes that I don't waste in the morning, you know? So a hundred percent. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you got to prep for it. That's right. it's, it's funny you bring that up, dude. Cause like that's exact same way. It does take, it, it takes effort. It fucking does. Let's be honest. It takes a lot of effort, but if you put that effort in, it makes things so much easier the next day. Right, like prepping the coffee in the morning of getting your steel coat oatmeal ready to rock and roll the next morning. All you got to do is throw it in the microwave, having your clothes laid out yeah. with blueberries and yeah. peanut butter. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> right? Like, but the thing is, though, is planning it the night prior, right? That time period where it's like, hey, family time, you can use that time to plan your next day. There's nothing wrong with that, right? There's like, you have enough time in the day. Just again, people are doing this on their phones half the time, scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. And scrolling. By the time they know it, their 15 minutes of free time they had is gone. And granted, do I do that? Yes. But I also have the discipline to put my phone down and be like, all right, cool. I need to get work done. (laughs) I hate to say this, but if you have a TV, that will kill. I I know so many people. I don't have time to prep. Like, did you sat in front of the TV for two hours? You know, but you don't have time to get ready for tomorrow. I mean, I like TV too, but usually I save that till after the coffee's prepped, clothes laid out, backpacks packed or whatever I'm going to do for the next morning. I like that, dude. Like right there, boom. Using using those types of things as rewards for you getting yourself set up for the next day. Why not? Right? He said, like you said, like, hey, I make sure that I get A, B, C, and D done before I sit down and wa- start watching TV or scrolling through my phone. It's that easy, mm-hmm. right? Just a reward based system. Unfortunately, us human beings like to be rewarded with things. Well, go ahead and set up rewards yourself in your own life. Right. Well. And having nothing to do with fitness, but let's not get into the whole no fail. If you've got a meeting at seven o'clock or something like that, 
you know, the night before or that morning of is not like you said, where you're running around. Where's my favorite tie? I can't find my belt. You know, hey, honey, have you seen my dress shoes? I mean, that's not the time to do it. You know, when you have events that you absolutely have to make happen or a race or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, you got to prep for it. You know, that's how you that's how you make those. That's how you make those timelines. I just this came to me actually talking about this because we are all, all of us from the military. We prior guys and we, we've done that. And we all been uh, and I for me personally, I was able to be taught how to plan properly through the military. It's not something that I learned before. Like, let's just be real. I didn't learn how to plan very well before. It was just kind of on the whim of things. What I did realize, though, is most civilians that have never been in the military don't know how to plan. They're not very good at planning at all. Is is from what I've from what from my personal experience. Let's, yeah. let's be real. There like, used to be a told where to go and and where to be, and you know somebody else planning the their day for them. Exactly right. They hey, you work from eight to five. That your boss gives you a specific task, gives you a specific thing to do. Hey, it's done by this time. Whatever else, and then that's all they really know. When they get off from that, and they know they got to pick their kid up, they got to do this, they got to do that, but they don't understand how to plan around those things. Well, that's because our whole military lives, we've been given the task what standards can be accomplished to and the deadline that's going to be completed by. And if you have those, I mean, that's corporate world too, but if you have those, you know, you can, you can get anything done. And unfortunately we also know the catastrophic, you know, result if we screw it up, which is yeah. generally a little harsher than in the civilian life. That's, that's another conversation we can have next time. Life or death. <laughs> Understanding that we are planning because we are going to be put into a position of life or death. Or just, um, or just getting hazed. I mean, I was thinking just, more sim- simpler lines. <laughs> or getting, or get, yeah. okay, we'll use consequences. <laughs> yeah. There's consequences. Getting, getting taped up and drug around the grinder or something like that, you know. <laughs> um, but so one thing that, I, you know, one thing we have, we have been talking about, right? We talk about adapting, planning, prioritizing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use this from an acronym that I learned from the military. And it's the seven P's, right? It's going to prior proper planning prevents piss poor form- performance. It's that simple, right? You plan prior to whatever's about to come. Your performance now, you have control of it, right? And your outcome is in your hands compared to someone else's because you decided not to put the effort into it. So at the end of the day, you plan properly. You're going to have a better outcome moving forward with whatever comes in front of you. You know, I had a guy who sort of raised me years ago, um, and he was never military, but he was very rigid in all his planning and the way he affected outcomes. And he always told me, I've, I've said it before, maybe on another podcast, and he's like, you got to put a rabbit in the hat. You know, and, and I was young enough where it didn't really make a lot of sense. You're kind of crazy, old guy, you know. But now that I'm almost as old as he was at that time, um, you know, what he was really saying, and he actually slowed it down for me, kind of touched my shoulder and spoke slowly because I was a SEAL. And uh, he's like, listen, he goes, if you absolutely positively have to make something happen the next day, you better put a rabbit in that hat the night before to make sure you can pull it out the next day. So when he broke it down into, you know, seal terms, um, it made perfect sense. And now I kind of use that to, as a synopsis or kind of like, you know, as a brief description of kind of everything that I do is we tell it to our sons too. You know what? If you got to pull a rabbit out of the hat tomorrow – Put it in, put it in the hat today, and you know all those things that go with it: all the prep, the planning, setting your coffee maker, finding your clothes, getting your files ready, making sure your PowerPoint works. Don't you know? Don't find out it doesn't work at game time, or don't have a presentation on a spare thumb drive, or you know, bust right over your computer. Whatever it is to you that means mission failure. Um, you know, you can you can have a no fail performance. Yeah. You know, like George said, you just got to be able to or want to spend the time to prepare for it properly. 
Yeah. I really like that. That's a, I like that. Yeah. I do too. Feel, feel free to plagiarize that. <laughs> we will. He passed away. He passed away in 2011. He'd be proud. He would be proud. I'm going to also say I heard it from a seal. So that's even going to go across even better. And they're going to be like, fuck yeah. He, he knows what he's talking about now. Oh, totally. God. Totally depends on your audience, George. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, that's a wrap. We'll leave it at that.